This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Mind Love, Episode 4. Today's episode is all about harnessing the inner power inside yourself that you didn't even know was there. And he pulled open the utensil drawer and he said that you're going to fucking die. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Have you ever woke up morning after morning feeling just stuck in your life? Stuck in your current situation? We all have, right? But have you ever felt so stuck that you didn't know if you would survive if you tried to leave? Like you didn't really know if you would make it out alive. I have to say, I've gotten myself into a lot of shit over the years, but I never thought that the person I was living with, that I said I love you to before I went to bed, may hurt me in some way. Yeah, he may secretly be addicted to meth and robbing houses behind my back, but I didn't think he'd hurt me. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go revisit episode one. I go into a little bit of detail, but if you want a full episode on it, tweet at me at MindLoveMelissa. Today, we're going to be learning about harnessing our inner gangster to achieve things that we may never have believed were possible. And there's no better person to help lead the conversation than Stephanie Bellinger, spiritual influencer and founder of SpiritualBossBabe.com. If anyone knows about grabbing life or your dreams by the balls, it's her. Her story is seriously riveting. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time with an actual hand over my mouth gasping. I guess I said that kind of creepy. It was my own hand, guys, but yes, my hand was over my mouth and I was gasping. But spoiler alert, she survived and she's doing great. But by the very definition of being stuck, it's it's being fixed in one place, not moving, not improving or progressing. So what are the first steps of getting out of being stuck? Is there a framework for this? Well, we're going to explore exactly that in today's episode. Three key points you will learn are how to get unstuck by harnessing your inner gangster, when it's time to let that inner gangster go, and a writing exercise to help you channel your highest self. But to get a clear picture about why Stephanie is the best person to cover this topic, she's going to take us back to the beginning. I was in an abusive relationship from when I was 14 to 20. It was mentally and physically abusive. It was like the lowest point of my life ever. Um, And I'm actually thankful that it happened at a young age for me to be able to grow so quickly and learn all of these things. But what helped me during that time was I was at rock bottom with my confidence and self-worth. And I just reached this point where I 
I knew I had to do something about it and I didn't know what to do. So I started, um, I decided to start my health and fitness journey. And that was actually my first taste of personal development. Over and over again, we hear that it's just that one step that you need to take. If you don't know which step to take, pick any of them. For Stephanie, it was her personal fitness journey. You don't know where to go, so why not work on your body, work on your mind? It doesn't really matter because when you start to work on something, it's like a gateway drug. You start with one and that leads to curiosity in another area and another area. And suddenly you're like, wow, I've made a lot of personal strides in the last few years. That really, really helped me gain the confidence um, that I needed. It also helped me realize that I could do anything I put my mind to because I had no idea that I was going to that I'd be able to lose like 60 pounds. I hated working out. I I ate the worst stuff ever. Um, but also during that time, I started meditating as well. And that's something I hid from people for a while. Like I started meditating. I think that that along with the fitness really, really gave me the strength to eventually leave. And both so both of those things combined really really helped me get out of that phase of my life and now that I've returned to or not returned but now that I've come out of my spiritual closet like online and, and doing what I'm doing everything's taking off because that's what I'm meant to do I believe when you did finally leave that relationship how did that conversation go? Was it an easy cutoff or did he put up a fight? Mm, that's a really good question. And I have a nice, <laughs> not nice story, but a pretty <laughs> interesting story that I've told. Um, actually, I haven't told this in a, in a long time. But so it was, I don't know, I think it was like around 2006 um, when I left and I was with this person, I remember five years, I was 19 or I just turned 20, um, at this time, but we were living together at the time for about a year. And, uh, I just, for like, the more I got in tune with my higher self, the more like every time he would be mean or say things or whatever, I would like talk back to him in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but not allowed. Like he would say like things like, Oh, you know, you're never going to find anyone else. You're stupid. You're a piece of shit, you know, like just crazy stuff. And in my head, I was just like, you don't matter. And like, I would just say stuff. And then finally I, so I planned leaving him for about, mm, I want to say like two, I planned it. For, I, I thought about it for a while, but I actually planned it out for a couple months before maybe two months and um like because I just was scared to leave him like if anyone has been in an abusive relationship they understand it's very scary and they're very manipulative and you don't know what they're gonna do or how they're gonna act and you feel stuck so um I had to plan it out and I told my parents and I told you know a few people that I was close with like that I was going to and I just didn't know when um, so finally I planned like the actual day that I was going to do it. And, um, he came home from work that day and ended up finding out that his father passed away. Oh, yeah. So 
and which is horrible. It was really sad. I mean, not not that this makes it any better, but his his dad had his own demons and was into drugs and all that stuff. Um, but he was really upset about it, so I decided, obviously, that I'm not going to just freaking break up with him that day. So I waited, like, another month, and then I, I made another day that I was... And he was still mean to me and, like, real just, you know, not, none of that stopped. Yeah. So um, the next time I decided to set the date to do it, um, I kind of started drifting away from him, like, energy and he brought it up actually the day before I was going to do it he brought it up he said um, he was really nice and said hey you know like I feel like we've been drifting apart like I think maybe we should end things and you know go break up or something and then I in my my head I was like oh my god it's going to be this easy it's never that easy I was like you know you're right. Like I've been thinking about this too. Like, I think we should just like take a break. I'm kind of thinking about going back to my mom's for a little while. And I I was kind of like testing it out. I didn't really know what to say, but he was, he tricked me. He wanted to see what I would say. And when I said that he flipped shit, I'm talking like throwing things around the apartment, screaming, crying. Then he went in the kitchen and he pulled open the utensil drawer and he said that you're going to fucking die. But while he was in the kitchen, the way the apartment was set up, he couldn't see me from where he was in the kitchen. And I was by the stairs. I literally ran out of the apartment barefoot in my pajama in like less than 30 degree weather. I ran around the corner. I knocked on some stranger's door and then I just opened it before they answered it. And thank God it was unlocked. And I just ran in. And it was like these two people, this this couple with their kids there, and I'm over here looking like this crazy person that just freaking ran into their house crying like barefoot. I was just hysterical. He took the keys to me. I left my cell phone. I left my car, my car keys, everything. I just ran, and um, he took my car keys and was revving around the whole parking lot, screaming like a lunatic. And finally, uh, this couple, we snuck out of the back. They took me uh, to a a nearby parking lot, like out of a shopping center to meet my parents. And that was it. Freedom. I've never seen them again. Like my parents called the cops to make sure that they can go get the rest of my stuff. Even though I packed like half of my shit and brought it to my mom's before that because I already planned it. Mm Mm-hmm. I had suitcases packed and hidden in the apartment. Wow. So what was the aftermath? Did you see him again? I remember that night so vividly because I am not even joking. Even though I was crying hysterically and running for my life and all of that, I was so, so, so freaking happy. I can't even explain. When people ask me what's the happiest day of my life, it's that day. I was so happy. I was just, I felt like I was free. And I feel like that's when my motivation was really, really born. From that night, it was kind of like I promised God, the universe, whatever, that if I get out of this, I will make sure that I spend the rest of my life doing every single thing I have ever wanted to do and every single thing I ever want to do. 
And so I have since. I moved to New York after that, a little while after. Everything I've ever wanted to do, I've done because I was a slave for five years. I'm not even joking. That is how it felt. And, you know, people who have not been in that kind of situation may not be able to understand, but it was really like I was a slave. But I was the one who gave my power away, you know? Yeah. So I took it back (laughs) and owned it. Wow, that's so strong of you because I know everyone has a lot of negative self-talk and fear and anxiety. So to have that thrown in your face by the person that's supposed to love you must have been horrible. And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word morning to 33777. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. What are some of the ways that you began to identify those self-limiting beliefs and then began to change your perspective on your own self-image? Um, well, it's been a long healing journey since then. You know, I was not like just magically healed as soon as I left. You know what I mean? I still went on a really deep journey, um, after that. But during that phase, I just came to the realization that I was enough and that I was in control. That was the message I kept getting from my higher self, from connecting to the spiritual side of things. I just kept getting the message, you are enough. You just have to decide. You are in control. You you have to take your power back. And um, the, the main thing that helped me was meditating and journaling. I would journal, and, and, and I still do this stuff. And I meditated every single morning for 30 minutes like before you know I left. And that really, really gave me the strength. But after that, I had a lot of stuff to work on still. Because for a while after that, there was this part of me that came over. I named her gangster Steph (laughs) (laughs) who was like, okay, I don't need, I don't need anyone. I got this shit. No one could fuck with me. So that part of me kind of took over and I went a little, you know, not crazy, but I just, I was partying a lot. I was just turned 21. Like I, you know, I, 
I was free finally. So I went on that phase for a minute, then got back to my personal development and some things I did later on, like a few years ago, actually, that really helped was, um, EMDR therapy. Oh, I've done that before. Uh, that changed my life. Wow. I did. I saw someone for about a week, uh, or not a week, a year, every week. And, uh, I just, it was like maybe four years ago. Um, but I, I realized that, you know, a lot of the reason why I wasn't getting where I wanted to be in my business at the time, my personal training stuff and other stuff is because I had all of these, you know, limiting beliefs that I'm not enough or I'm not good enough. And not all of it stemmed from, you know, that abusive relationship, but there's a lot of, a lot of things that needed to be dug up and like just processed. For those of you that don't know what EMDR is, it stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. It's basically a form of psychotherapy treatment that helps to alleviate distress associated with traumatic events. My experience with it at the end of high school, I had to walk through a traumatic event I went through and I had headphones on and there was an alternating beat kind of and it was sort of like boop, 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 boop. And I don't know if it kind of just pulls the memory out of you, but but there have been a lot of positive studies vouching for its effectiveness. So EMDR helped me a lot. Then I also saw a hypnotherapist for a while. And I've done a lot of EFT tapping on my own. That helped a lot. Um, but it was like a, a year and a half of that deep work. And I'm going to be honest with you, the biggest, biggest transformative healing thing that I've ever done was actually sacred plant medicines like ayahuasca. Oh, <laughs> I, that is on my list to do. I, I just need to get to Peru. They, uh, they actually, there's groups all over the world, especially in, in the U.S. too. And that's where I started. <laughs> Um, but I've done it many times. And once I started, uh, the journey with that, I had some more breakthroughs in one night than, than years. And I was just fascinated with learning about things on a deeper level, not just about me and my own like psyche, but just about energy. And I went to Peru last summer as well. That is the most transformative experience I've ever been through all of those experiences, the whole journey of working with the plants. And I feel like every time I do go to one, <laughs> there's part of me that's like, oh, oh my God, my purpose involves uh, bringing more people to this or helping more people know about this. But I am still kind of playing that out in my mind of how to do that. Okay, walk me through one of your ayahuasca experiences. I'll start with the first one because I feel like most people when they, um, now everyone's experience is different, obviously, but I feel like most people on the journey of healing themselves, um, whether it's through the sacred plant medicines or whether it's through like EMDR or whatever, I feel like the first lesson or realization most of the time has to do with your inner child. That's what I've realized in a lot of people. That's what I've seen in a lot of people. So my first experience, um, I was so scared because I was like, I'm so scared. I don't want to throw up. And the truth is not everyone gets throws up every time they do that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, my first experience, 
I took the plant medicine and I started feeling lonely and I felt like the little girl version of me. And I was talking to one of my friends that was there and he was like, you know, consoling me or whatever because I felt really upset and lonely. And he was talking with me, asking me like why I felt lonely. And I seriously felt at that moment I was embodying the little girl version of me. And I came to the realization that I was neglecting the little girl version of me. And I wasn't really giving her the attention and love that she needs. Does that make sense? Yeah. And especially given your story, you did have to grow up pretty fast to deal with all that you did. Yeah. So that was my one realization that night, that same night, um, towards the end of like the whole little journey, um, I was talking again to a few people that were there and, um, I, I felt like I was going to cry again at this point. And for some reason I didn't want to cry. And my one friend was like, just cry, like, let it out. You know, you got to let it out. And I was like, I don't want to let it out. And he was like, Steph, just let it out. And I was like, I don't want to cry. I'm not a weak little bitch, blah, blah, blah. And then at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, gangster Steph is out. And in that moment, I just realized what I was doing. So then I realized how I was neglecting the little girl me. Because I was like, wow, this strong part of me that thinks she's badass and doesn't want to be weak and cry is the one who's basically neglecting this little girl who needs me, the little girl who went through all that stuff. And I actually got sick when I realized that. (laughs) Oh, wow. And it was just this huge realization that I need to, you know, really pay attention to the different parts of myself and give myself what I need on all levels. Just because I went through all of that stuff doesn't mean that um, weak or I need to just forget about the person I was back then because it's that young girl that actually got me to where I am now. So I'm very open-minded to things like that and unregrettably so. Some of the times that I have experimented have led to the biggest changes in my interpretation of reality and the way that the universe works. You should definitely, definitely try it out. It's totally life-changing for real. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams... 
Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. You can count on it. And speaking of life changes... I saw on your Instagram that you've recently been transitioning to a vegan lifestyle. I've been doing mostly vegan for uh, a little over a year, but finally transitioned to all the way vegan earlier this year, and I've never looked back. I have never felt better and stronger and more in control over my body and my energy levels. What inspired you to make the change? Oh, that this is still very fresh. Um, and I love that you asked this because it's so interesting because I feel like I almost have this new found passion of raising awareness for other people. And I'm only a month into the journey. Yeah. Um, so I'm still kind of learning, but I'm sharing as I learn. But on my birthday, I was on Facebook. I was just like scrolling like in the morning you know, like just wake up, scroll Facebook. <laughs> I saw someone post a video about this baby bull who escaped a slaughterhouse in Brooklyn and he was running the streets of Brooklyn, New York. Oh. And he ran like two miles and ended up in this big park and the cop barricaded the park so that they could get someone to come get the bull. And you could just see in the video, like how like scared and confused this animal was. And <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, this animal must have done everything he could possibly do to get out of that slaughterhouse. This poor little confused bull. And so I just started crying and I had no idea why. And I didn't really understand. And then I finally started looking up like what goes on in slaughterhouses and stuff. And I just felt the collective pain of the animals. I'm not even joking. I, and I could say it like that because I've felt collective pain before during a, when 
I, when I've done the plant ceremony things, mm-hmm. I've felt collective pain, like the collective pain of, you know, certain things that are going on in the world. And it's just like this undescribable pain, like in the pit of my stomach of feeling the fear and the terror in the animals. And, and I know people say uh, humans have been eating animals forever. It's part of the cycle of life. But the thing is, times freaking change. We're not cavemen anymore. And also with all the stuff that they put in our meat anyway, to even is just gross. And the way that they do things is horrible. I don't, I don't think there's any humane way of killing an animal. And we don't need... We don't need we don't need meat or animal products in order to live. I do feel drawn to learn about it because I don't know why really what this means yet, but I feel like this strong burning desire in me to raise awareness or to do something about it. And I don't even know what that means yet because it's so new to me. It sounds crazy or kind of feels crazy to me, but something in me is pulling me to speak out about it. And I'm trying to figure out how to do that without getting everyone pissed off. But I know it's going to upset some people, but whatever, like, I just want to raise awareness. And as I learn. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I don't care if things piss people off, especially when it comes to something that I feel so strongly in, which the more I have learned about veganism, the more I just do. I don't, I have not looked back. And speaking of food, This episode of Mind Love is sponsored by Thrive Market. I make it a point to buy clean and organic food and products whenever I have the option, and Thrive Market makes this super easy. Their prices beat Amazon on tons of items, including my favorite non-toxic hair products and cleaning supplies. And get excited because we have an exclusive deal for Mind Love listeners for 20% off their first three orders. Not one, three so head to mindlove.com slash thrive to access this deal. And now back to the show. One interesting observation that I've made is a lot of my really health-focused friends are also fitness trainers. And because of that, they have this connection to their protein intake and, and are much more aware of different food groups than the average eater, I guess I'll call it. How did you grapple with that or was it a non-issue for you well i mean there's vegan bodybuilders you know yeah and they if they can do it and why can't i you know that wasn't really a huge thing for me i was kind of thinking oh crap what am i going to eat Yeah, <laughs> like um but i didn't realize like how much like replacement things there are that are like vegan but healthier alternatives yeah, I think once we all come to terms with the fact that what we all believe is a balanced diet is not backed by science and it's not based on our health, but just completely manipulated by advertising and bigger industries, then it becomes easier to let go of the 100 grams of protein that we thought we needed on a daily basis and realize that for my body weight, it's closer to 17 I definitely get enough protein with that and my vegan protein shakes and other stuff that I'm eating. It's just, I'm still kind of learning and I'm still honestly learning about different things to add to my diet. And it's kind of fun. I'm just like having fun through the process. And as you should be with everything, just enjoy the journey. 
I love how adaptable you are, though. When you learn new information, you implement it into your life immediately. Some of these decisions are probably nerve-wracking when any of us are stepping out of our comfort zones. We tend to be nervous or anxious about it. What are some of your tips for turning that nervous energy or anxiety into excitement for what you're doing? I I say this answer that people probably won't like to hear, but I just force myself to do it. Like if it's something I'm really, really passionate about, I know that I have that deep burning desire for a reason. And that's what I tell other people too. Like if you're doing something you're passionate about, you have that desire for a reason. And the only way to get over your fear is to take action. So even though it sounds like a catch 22, it's in your benefit to just take the first step and that fear will diminish or you can turn that nervous energy into excitement by building confidence, by taking action. So I just literally force myself to do things that make me uncomfortable because you got to just like fake it till you make it and kind of embody that version of yourself. That's another thing. Like I always tell people when it comes to channeling nervous energy into excitement, you have to embody the version of yourself that's already on the other side of it. And it takes practice, but it's really not hard. You just have to do it. Tony Robbins says how he becomes this different version of himself when he's on stage at his seminars because he has to bring that energy in order to do the things he's doing. Okay, you channel gangster stuff when you have to get shit done. But what about trolls or haters online? Part of making yourself a public personality means that more of these people have access to you and... I imagine that that could trigger your inner hater. How do you fight that off? Just don't waste energy on it. Um, that's really it. Uh, but I used to get a little upset about things like, you know, when people, it's so funny, like when people would unsubscribe from my email list, I don't like take it so personal. And now I'm like, they're not my ideal client, obviously then, you know, like, yeah. it's all good. But the hater within me, that's just ego and the, the ego part of you. So we all have ego. That, that's what makes us human. I'm not talking about ego like some comp, cocky, arrogant person. I'm talking about the human part of you. So your ego holds on to all these bullshit stories and all your fears and it likes to keep you small. It, it's a fear-based. It's your false self. So whenever those stories come up, I, I since I've been doing so much work, like I'm not saying I never have doubts and stuff, but I can catch it faster and when and, and realize that the voice that's talking right now is the liar and that I don't really need to entertain that you know kind of like how I deal with the real haters like I don't need to entertain that I don't need to give energy to that so if it's something that's really really getting to me and I can't really feel it and I don't feel like I can get on the other side of it at the moment then either EFT tapping or journaling or meditating to help get me back to my truth do you have a method to your journaling? Do you pick topics or do you just free write? I like to free write a lot. You know, I I started automatic writing. And what that is, is you just don't think when you're writing. You just write and you can channel messages from your higher self or from your angels by doing that. And it takes practice. But the more you do it, it's like you're writing the words before your mind has time to think about it. 
So sometimes I'll actually write a letter to my higher self or to the universe. And like, I'll write a letter like saying, you know, this is what I'm kind of going through right now. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I want help with. And this is where I'm at right now. And then after I write the letter as myself, then I'll start automatic writing and just see whatever flows through. And it's really awesome and, and gives a lot of insight and clarity and motivation on things for me personally. I've been putting off automatic writing for a while, so I'm finally going to take the leap. Thanks for that. And where else can listeners find you if they want to learn more about you? Well, I have a lot of resources on my site when it comes to personal, spiritual, and business growth. They should check out my Spiritual Boss Babes group on Facebook to stay in the loop because it's such an awesome group. There's fifteen, almost 15,000 soul sisters in that group other amazing women with a purpose all empowering each other supporting each other it's really awesome to access all the links mentioned in this episode head to the show notes at mindlove.com slash zero zero four i'll also have some great resources on automatic writing if that's something that you're into and to stay in the conversation and catch up with other people that are also trying automatic writing and harnessing their inner gangster, head to our Facebook group at mindlove.com slash FB group. If you liked the show today, please hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you have an extra second, please leave a review. Reviews really help to grow the podcast and entice more awesome guests like Stephanie to be on the show. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week.